Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. I want to preach for a few moments today, throw Jonah off the boat. Throw Jonah off the boat. So first of all, first of all I want to do our confessions. We haven't done them in a couple of weeks. So I'd like to get back to our C3 confessions. Y'all don't try to figure out what, what the message is about. It's going to come up. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know how y'all are. Y'all be like, I know what he's going to be talking about, but I know who Jonah is. You might not know who the Jonah I'm talking about is. So, so just, let's just go with me on this one. Amen? So y'all ready for our confessions? All right. Oh, righteous father. Thank you for separating me to receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My heart is good ground and cannot be infiltrated or penetrated with the devil's seeds. I am a contagious carrier of the power, the purpose, the passion, and the potential of God. I believe you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. I am not need-based. I'm a supplier. I'm not man-centered. I'm God-centered. I'm not an orphan. I am a son. I am redeemed. I am the blood-washed. I am holy. I am righteous. I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. And so I did a little recapitulation earlier, but the first message we talked about was finishing strong. Uh, one of the statements I made in that message is if you stay in darkness too long, your character will adjust. It's just like uh, when, you, when you wake up, right, when you uh, have been asleep and you flick that light on, it's like, whoa, you know, it's just, it overwhelms you at first, but then your, your eyes begin to adjust. Or just the opposite, if you're in a, a, a well-lit place and you tend to go into a place that's dark, you know, you have to give it a moment so your eyes could adjust. And as a Christian, if you stay in darkness for too long, your character will adjust. You will begin to take on the characteristics of darkness and not the light. And so you have to be, you have to expose the, the unfruitful works of darkness. You just can't stay in it. Come on, somebody. You don't capitulate to darkness. You just don't stay in it and revel in it. You stay in it so that the darkness can see the light. Am I talking to the right church this morning? Then we talked about the five ingredients of an anointed life. We talked about being meek and upright and humility and inner cleansing because all of us have to be cleansed from the inside out. Come on, because as Christians, we know we don't live our lives from the outside in. We live our lives from the inside out. And, and we have to show people, we have to give people a physical manifestation of an inward work of the Holy Ghost. There should be something inside of us that changed, something inside our shandana, something inside your spirit that has to change. And so there's an outward manifestation. There's an, your words begin to change. You, you don't act the same way. You don't go to the same places. As a matter of fact, you're not going to hang around the same people because your insides have been changed. And, and if you don't change things on the outside, maybe your insides haven't changed. So there has to be an inner cleansing, and then there has to be the pure olive oil to bring all of those together because only the Holy Ghost know how to unify diversity. 
Hello, somebody. And then we talked about the five killers that destroys an anointing. And, and we talked about lust and fear and discouragement and depression. And, and come on, somebody, you know that if you stay depressed and, and discouraged for too long, man, you'll start pulling other people down with you. Amen. And what's interesting is that when Elijah went in his cave, God didn't go in the cave. He made him come out of his cave. Amen. And so you're the one that took yourself in there. You got to be the person to bring yourself back out. Amen. And don't get mad at other people who won't go in. Amen. All right. Can I, can I keep on going? Amen. And then last Sunday, I talked about you can't truly have my back unless you have God's heart. We talked about the importance of having the right inner circle. We talked about King Saul. He had Abner. Y'all remember Abner? Abner was the one that's closest to him, but Abner was a double-minded man. Abner, Abner was all about himself. As a matter of fact, Abner was already conspiring with King David before King David ever became the king. And he told King David, I'll help you kill King Saul. Even though he was sitting at the table, he was in King Saul's inner circle, but he didn't have King Saul's back. Come on, somebody. You can't tell me you got my back and you don't have God's heart. And so there will always be people in your inner circle that try to get close to you. They want to influence you, but they don't have your back. Come on. You're going to start that business. They're the first one. You know you need to start that. You know you need to do that. And as soon as you do it, you can't even find these people. Yeah, I'm going to be right there, girl. i write you a check, bro. And you can't find those people when you step out in faith. Come on. So you can't have Abner's in your inner circle. You need some discernment. And then Jonathan, his son, was on the other side of the table. Why was his family member on the other side of the table? Why didn't he listen to his family? Because sometimes God can elevate you and you begin to push those closest to you away from you because you don't want to listen to what they got to say. But then the seat that was empty was David's seat, and David represents the spiritual side of people. We all need some spiritual folks around us. We need somebody that's going to tell us the truth anyway. We need somebody like a good friend that's going to tell us the truth, even though they know it's going to hurt, but they're going to tell us anyway because they're going to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. For the Bible said, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And if I got to wound you, I wound you for a good reason. Amen. Is this making sense at all? So what we're getting at here is I hope you see how this thing is weaving into our lives that God is trying to bring the right people in your life, but he's trying to show you the wrong ones. Amen. And I believe today, this is the crescendo today that we understand about building proper relationships. Relationships must be mutually beneficial. You know that? They must be mutually beneficial. You can't always put yourself in the, in the place of the giver. Amen. Is this making sense? Uh, truth does not always make satisfaction, but it always makes sense. Because truth is not always going to satisfy you. But it always makes sense. And a lot of times you might not even be in a position where you want to hear that truth. But then later on, after you go through some hell and you look back and go, my God, I needed to hear that word right there. Right? Because you weren't in the right place, place to receive it. See, God sees your beginning and your end. See, God is not in time. He's not subject to time. He, he created time. So we are in linear time. God does not care about time. So when we say God is right on time, he isn't. Because God don't care about time. God is. He just is. And when it is the time, he releases it. For us, it's on time. But for God, it's just he just released it. 
Because God don't care about your time. That's why when you pray and you put God on a timetable, God don't care nothing about your timetable. Well, God, I need you to come through at 5 o'clock on Tuesday. <laughs> God is looking at you like you just better keep on worshiping. Because <laughs> I know your end and your beginning. I know what's getting ready to happen. I know if the answer is going to come or if it isn't. And I know what you're going to do because of you not getting your answer. Amen. And see, God, God knows how to fix things for you to keep you on the right track. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so listen, it's about establishing proper relationships. And um, I, I, got this, I shared this before on another message, but I call this the, the degradation of a generation, the, the degradation of a generation. All right? So go with me on this. In the 1950s, kids lost their innocence. They were liberated from their parents with whelping jobs, cars, lyrics, and music, which gave them rise to a new term, the generation gap. In the 1960s, kids lost their authority. It was a decade of protests. Church, state, and parents were all called into question and found wanting. Their authority was rejected, and yet nothing ever replaced it. In the 1970s, kids lost their love. It was the decade of me-ism, dominated by hyphenated words like self-image, self-esteem, and self-assertion. It made for a very lonely world. Kids learned everything there is to know about sex and forgot everything to know about true love, and few had the nerve to tell them that there was indeed a difference. In the 1980s, kids lost their hope. Stripped of innocence, authority, and love, and plagued by the honor of a by the horror of a nuclear nightmare, and large numbers in this generation had stopped believing in a good future. In the 1990s, kids lost their power to reason. Lost in a world of cyberspace, uh, they have personalized objects and totally subjectivized reality. They are now imprisoned in a deep world with their own loneliness. In the new millennium, kids woke up and found out that somewhere in the midst of all of this change, they had lost their imagination. Violence and perversion entertained them till none could, could talk of killing innocence since none was innocent anymore. As you can see, uh, that's a generation on the downfall. And we're living in an age where genuine and healthy relationships have lost their value. Uh, we, we live in an age of social media platforms where the reality of a who a person really is may not be true because social media platforms don't create leaders, they create followers. Because the first thing people want to know are how many people are following me. But as a Christian, you're supposed to be a, a leader, not a follower. God has empowered you with the Holy Ghost so you can go far beyond any man could do. For the Bible said that, that, the, that we should be strong and do exploits. Come on, somebody. You are given the Holy Ghost so you can make a change. Over there in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, it said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And over there in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, You ran well. Who 
hindered you from obeying the truth. Now notice something that Apostle Paul said here. He didn't say what has, he said who has. Uh, because the, the result of what happened to these people, it wasn't because of outside stimuli, it was the result of another person. Uh, and you gotta make sure you got the right people in your inner circle. If you're gonna do anything good for God, you're gonna need somebody that's gonna lift you up when you feel bad. You need somebody in the valley of the, in the shadow of the valley of death. Come on, in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm sorry, you're gonna need somebody when you're at your lowest point to help pick you up when you don't have the faith to even pray. You don't even have the faith to pick up your Bible. So you're gonna need somebody in your inner circle to say, come on, you can do this. You're better than this. Life has more for you. God has more. We got to value our relationships because Paul says somebody in your life has bewitched you. Somebody in your life has cast a spell on you. And the Bible speaks of two kinds of people in the book of Romans. And I want to give you a perfect picture in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 5. Chapter 8, verse 5 in the book of Romans, it says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So you have flesh people and you have spirit people let me tell you something flesh people will tear you down uh, they will feed your fears uh, they will waste your time and they will drain your energy uh, but spirit people will build you up uh, they will feed your faith and they will respect your time uh, and they will energize your passions uh, see when God wants to bless you saints I know this to be true in my own life when God wants to bless you he'll bring a person to your life but when the devil wants to curse you he'll bring a person too you need to know the people in your life that's a blessing and those that are a curse to you. Just because somebody is smiling in your face and patting you on the back don't mean that they are a blessing to your life. They might be an Abner that's trying to influence your decisions. I feel God in this place this morning. Uh, I'm telling you right now that even I, I have to be careful as God begins to elevate, then I have to separate. Let me say that one more time. When God begins to elevate, then you have to separate. Not everybody's going to go with you, but not everybody's supposed to go. Come on, somebody. The Bible said they came out from us that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. For if they were of us, no doubt they would have continued with us. Not everybody can go with you. Not everybody that start well with you will finish well. Some people was just meant to be there from the beginning, not the end. Come on, somebody. I, there was a time when I first began to pastor, man, I just ran after people. When God is saying, why are you running after folks? I told them to leave. And so you doing something against my will. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just got to let people go. You just leave them up to God. Amen. They're going to talk bad about you, but don't worry about it. God has got your back. Amen. And long as God has my back, now nah, I'm good. Hello, somebody. Y'all know you run after some folks you shouldn't have been running after. And then when you got them again, you were like, Lord, what did I do? Can you just please heal me of this foolishness? Let me stop running after folks that's killing me. It doesn't mean that flesh people are bad people. But it might mean that you just don't need them to be in your inner circle. See, in any church, in any situation, I usually teach this to leaders, but since you all are leaders, I can talk to you like that. In every situation, you're going to have the crowd, the congregation, and the core. Yeah. 
See, the core is the people I can depend on. Men Lane can depend on the core. They give, they serve, they do that. But then, then, then you got the congregation. They join, but you ain't going to get much out of them. They're part of, they're part of the flock. But that's, that's about it. But then you got the crowd. They're just peeping. They just, they just watching. They're trying to see, I don't know, this might be the right church. It may not be the right church. Just listen to the Lord. Amen. You, you, if you're looking for specific things, stop looking. Just look to the Lord, right? Because your little every whim and pet peeve is not going to be made in every church. Everything that the preachers up here preaching ain't going to like it. Amen, but that don't mean they don't love you. Matter of fact, I, you must know I love you because I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care if you're my friend or not, but I'm going to tell you the truth anyway. Amen. Amen. Because, listen, sometimes you've got to tell the truth even though it might hurt. Because truth is not always accepted. See, the whole world is looking for the answers, but they don't want truth. They just want somebody to answer them in a way to where it's satisfying to their, to their little palate. They, oh, I can handle that truth. That's, that's my truth. No, honey, you don't have a truth. Oprah and all the rest of them, you got to get in touch with your truth. No, Oprah. No, there's no your truth. It's the truth. Right? And I understand what she's trying to say, but there is no your truth. It's the truth. You know, his name is Jesus. He said, I am the truth. The way. The life. There is no a truth. It's the truth or no truth. It's the truth and a lie. And we know both of them got a daddy. And sometimes you better ask, well, who's your baby's daddy? I know what I'm giving birth to. I know who my... <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hello. <laughs> the right people, check this out. The right people will unlock passion, potential, and purpose in your life. When you get the right people around you, man, it is just so invigorating. You know, when you got people around you, there are no airs. There's no fronting. There's no, you know, there's no pretending. It's just like, wow. And they walk away from you. You go, man, that was so good. I, I can't wait to get back with them again. But on the other hand, there are some people's. Some peoples that e even when you look at their name on your phone, you go, Lord, help me now. <laughs> you trying to decide, should I answer? Should I not answer? Do I need to go ahead and put on some sackcloth and ashes and go into prayer? Lay prostrate in the floor before I pick up the telephone because I know they're getting ready to dump all of that stuff on me. And by the time you finish that phone call, you got to take a bath because you've all this stuff has been dumped on you. And they feel good, and you hang up the phone, and you feel like crap. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I sure appreciate you talking to me today. I feel so much better. You hang up the phone and say, Lord, help me. I'm glad I'm not by myself. Not once did they say, hey, John, how was your day today? Hey, John, are you having a good day today? Good morning, John. Nothing. Soon as they pick up, it's all about them. It's the world of me-ism. Hebrews 10, 24 says, 
and let us consider how to stir up one another. See, this is why we come to church, so that we can stir up one another. Come on, saints of God. We should come to church, and you should have something going on in the side of you. There is something I should be able to speak, and your baby begins to leap. Come on, somebody. It should be something that you've been on the shelf. It's been on the shelf for a long time, collecting dust, because you got the prophecy 10 years ago, and you don't see God moving on it. But then you come to Covenant Community Church, and you get a word from God, and, and all of a sudden, you're shining come alive and you begin to pull that thing off of the shelf and say God I know you spoke this to me long ago now is the time now is my time oh God nothing can hinder me when I move out in the things of the Lord amen amen oh man so something, something should be stirring right about now Hallelujah, because my spirit connects with your spirit that you know that it is God and all it is, right? Because my spirit should be connecting with somebody's up in here right now because it should be moving and things begin to shake. See, that should be a fire inside of you that's beginning to catch and you should lay your hands up to the sky and say, God, I know there's a fire in me. It's been dead and dormant for too long, but it's coming alive inside of me. Somebody shout, it's all over me, and it's keeping me alive. See, when you got the Holy Ghost on you, it's all over you. It's something inside of you comes alive. You've been hit on, and people have talked bad about you. People have left you, but you can stand therefore in faith of God. When you are faithless, God is faithful. Nothing like the power and the will of God in your life. Come on, saints of God. Nobody has any control over you. You need to take that control back. Take it back. Take it out of their hands. Nobody can make you angry. Nobody can make you mad. You got too much control over your own life. I hope I'm talking to the right church this morning. Come on and get on your feet and bless the Lord up in here. Come on, come on, come on. Just lift your hands to him and say, God, I take control over my life right now. Woo! Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me preach a little bit more. Come on, come on. You got to have the right person in your life. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, saints of God. This is the reason we come to church so that we can encourage one another. We can build each other up. This is why the Bible says over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we all can prophesy. You don't have to be a prophet to prophesy. You all can hear the word of God. You all can encourage somebody. But just because you can prophesy, don't make you a prophet. You better know the difference between Ephesians chapter 4 and the office of a prophet and 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 is the gifts of prophecy. It's a difference. And if you don't know the difference, I know you're not a prophet. That's why we got to get sound teaching and good doctrine in the house of God. We got to go back to the foundation and the fundamentals of Ephesians 6. I'm sorry, Hebrews 6, so that we can know the elementary doctrines that's found in the Bible. Sound doctrine in the house of God. And if you don't get sound doctrine, the Bible says you will be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Who has God brought into your life that will make your spiritual baby leap? Who has been able to wake up the sleeping spiritual giant in your life? 
Who has been able to pull you out of your cave of weakness and sorrow with patience and compassion? Who has walked with you in the valley of the shadow of death like a palm tree? They didn't break when you leaned on them. Come on, somebody. There's somebody in your life that you can count on like that. And I begin to look at the word of God and, and I begin to look at my own life. And I can I can tell you people who were in my life that I needed at that time. I had to lean on some folks because the other people that I would lean on, they would break or bend and, and they, they were not the right ones for me. And, and sometimes you have to find out who the right mentors need to be in your life. And you might fail at times, but keep on looking. But listen, when I cut them off, I cut them off good. I didn't go back. I just left it alone and I went on about my way. Amen. Because I, I got certain people that I need in my ear gate right I can't listen to everybody that's why I don't listen to sermons I don't watch Christian television I don't listen to preachers I know a lot of y'all listen to a lot of different preachers I don't listen to preachers I listen to God and so because of that I keep my spirit pure and a lot of people come to me and say well we preach this at that church and we preach that at this church well we're supposed to because we got the Holy Ghost it's not because we're sharing our sermons it's because we're sharing the spirit of God so I have to keep I have to be secretly holy and privately devout. So I have to keep my ears pure so I can listen to what God is saying for this church. He didn't call me to pastor other churches. He called me to pastor this church. So I don't really care what other preachers are preaching. I don't care anything about that. What I care about, well, what does thus saith God say? And if we say the same thing, well, we should be. Because we're all sons of God. Amen, somebody. Moses, Moses had the right person in Jethro. And Jethro gave him sound wisdom and understanding how to deal with leadership issues. Jethro came to him and said, boy, you're going to kill yourself. You can't do all this with these, these people going to kill you. You need to find you some leaders, some elders, and put some people in place that can help you lead. Come on. You can't be in a church where the pastor is the only one preaching. Ain't nobody else in the church can preach. You mean to tell me you're the only anointed joke up in that church? You got thousands of people in there, and you're the only one that can preach. You're the only one that can carry the anointing to preach the word of God. Yeah, okay. That's why we got a deep bench. We got six deep in here. Amen. And they all preach like a rascal. Amen. And that, you got to have that because as an apostle, that's what I do. I train up leaders, and they're going to preach. I ain't gonna, and there was no trial sermon. You show me a trial sermon in the Bible. Right, bro? I'll put your butt up on Sunday morning. Not Saturday, not a Tuesday night when there's five people in the church. On a Sunday morning. No, bro, ain't no trial. Here's the trial. You're going to preach on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, Diane? You're going to preach on Sunday. Uh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Elisha, Elisha had the right person in Elijah. And, and Elijah threw his mantle on Elijah and changed Elisha and changed his life forever. Elijah had seven miracles in his life. Elisha said, I want a double portion. And Elisha had 14 miracles that are documented in the word of God. And the last miracle, he wasn't even alive. Somebody threw a dead body. In, into the grave of Elisha and that dead body came alive because let me tell you something because I preached this years ago you gotta have a bone soaked anointing in your life 
See, you got to have an anointing on your life. It's not just on the surface, baby. You got to have a bone-soaked anointing that even when you die, people will still get blessed. Blessed are they who die in the Lord, but your works do follow you. God won't even be able to continue to give me my crown because people will still be getting blessed and I'm dead and gone. Amen. Ruth, Ruth had the right person. She had Naomi. And see, Naomi taught that woman how to get her Boaz. Come on, somebody. Single ladies, make sure you find a, a woman of God that has a Boaz. Let, let let, Y'all better hear me carefully. Let me say this real slow so you can get it. Don't just find a woman to go to church. You find a woman of God who has a Boaz. An alpha female with an alpha male. You ain't going to ever hear this in other churches, I tell you that. Amen. Why do I say that? Because they're going to show you what you need to do. Amen. Because there are certain things you need to do, and praise the Lord, certain things you shouldn't do. Naomi told her, look, let me tell you something. You, just, you lay at that brother's feet. Come on now. Look here. She just, she just lipped up the covers and just laid down at that brother's feet. That brother woke up and said, ooh, my God. Something happened in his shot now. And that brother said, girl, I need to be your kinsman redeemer. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Come on, come on. Single ladies, raise your hands and say, Lord. Send me a kinsman redeemer. And come on, come on, come on. Amen. That's what you need. That's what you need. I know that's what you need. You might not know that's what you need, but that's what you need. David had the right person in his life. However, this right person had to say the right things, even though David did the wrong thing. I'm talking about the prophet Nathan, because when David sinned with Bathsheba, David had somebody in his life. His name was Nathan and said, look here, bro. You know you was wrong. Right? You know you were wrong. You took that man's little one little ewe lamb. You had all the lambs out here. And you took his one little ewe lamb. David said, I'll kill the choker. He said, that's you. You the one, David. <laughs> had sex with Bathsheba, got the woman pregnant, and then conspired to kill her husband. That's David. Now, David wasn't a perfect man, but David knew how to repent. <laughs> David will fall out on you repenting. I ain't lying. Paul had the right person in Barnabas. You know, didn't nobody even want to be around Paul. You know, Paul was killing Christians. Didn't nobody, but they would see Paul. Ananias, when he told him, Ananias, you're going to go and pray for Paul. Paul Ananias looked at God and said, God, oh, hell, hold, hold on, Lord. Are you talking about Saul, who became Paul, the same one that's killing Christians? That brother said, are you sure, Lord? I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't know if that's the Lord. <laughs> that might be the devil telling me this. <laughs> you know? But he had, to, he had to do what the Lord said. But Barnabas was the one that took uh, Paul under his wings, and he was the one that invited him in so that he can launch his apostolic ministry. You got to have the right people in your life. And, and when you talk about healthy relationships, um, make sure the people in your life that I'm talking about right now, make sure you don't take them for granted. Make sure you don't take them for granted because once they're gone, you can't get them back. Amen. Don't take them for granted. You, you bless them now. Tell them how much you love them now. Tell them how much you appreciate them right now. Amen. 
I, I do that in my mentors, and, and, and I, tell them, I tell them how much I appreciate them, the time that they give me. They don't have to do that. So I tell them how much I appreciate them. It blows their minds. You know, I, I thank you. I talked with John DeVries, and I said, man, you just don't know how much I appreciate you being in my life. It touches their heart. Reginald Holiday, man, you just, man, you're a good brother. I love you, man. I got your back. I'll come over there and fight. You let them folks over there, Bethany's tripping. And this is on live Facebook, Bethany. If y'all start tripping, I'm coming over there to Bethany. Why? Because that I don't. That's that's my spiritual. That's my covering, right? And so you you show people how much you appreciate them right now, please. Those are the healthy relationships that I'm talking about. But there are some others. Some some toxic relationships. Amen. We got to talk about that. I'm sorry, but we got to talk about the toxic stuff too. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? And what communion does light have with darkness? Ephesians 5, 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So now we come to Jonah. One rebellious, disobedient man can take the whole family, ministry, business, and ship of people down with him. So let me just stop right here and talk to the fellas for a second. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If you don't have good leaders in place, everything rises and falls on leadership. It doesn't matter if it's corporate America, a church, a ministry, or family. If you don't have a good head, a good leader, I'm talking to the fellas right now. Ladies, y'all just kind of chill for a second. So the first thing fellas want to say is, the Bible said that you're supposed to be submitted to me. Well, let me, let, let me just make sure you understand what that means. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1, all the way down to verse 25. So you got to understand this, right? It, it also says we should be submitted one with another. But that part, they don't get that part. But it also says that the man must be submitted to Christ. See, to me, that's the most important part because it didn't happen that the woman should be submitted to the man until the man was supposed to be submitted to Christ because when a man is submitted to Christ, the man understands how it feels to be vulnerable to something that's greater than him. Therefore, when somebody is submitted to you, you don't take advantage of them because Jesus don't take advantage of you. And if you don't have a proper relationship with Christ, how can you have a proper relationship with your bride? Because as a man, I am the bride of Christ, so I should know how to treat my bride because he knows how to treat his bride. And since he don't cuss me out, I don't cuss her out. And since he don't beat me, I don't beat her. And all he does is encourage me so that I can be better, and I need to encourage my bride so she can be better. If you get any of that out of order, it's not God. That's why you got to know the Bible before you get married. Because once you get married, oh, Lord. Come to the retreat and we'll just, we'll hook y'all up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Jonah headed in the opposite direction when God commanded him to go to the city of Nineveh. So we already read it in the book. Let me just tell you something about that. There are times, saints of God, listen to me very carefully. There are times when you are not the problem. But there may be a person or people on your boat 
that is at fault. And the only solution is to throw Jonah. Now, let me get back to that verse 12. Y'all remember that, that verse 12? I said we're going to say something about that verse 12. So that verse 12 was interesting to me because Jonah said these words, and this blew my mind. Listen, first of all, can you get in the story? We're on the boat together. Because let me tell you, I, I think I'm dysfunctional because when I read words, I see pictures. I mean, I just, that's, that's how I am. When I read, I see pictures. So I was on the boat. I was scared. <laughs> I don't like water anyway, so I was scared, and the, the waves was, the boat was rocking and reeling, and you know, back then, them boats, they weren't made of much, and they, they make a lot of noise. It's not like you're on a cruise, this was a little boat, right? That thing was rocking and reeling, and man, and I, and I know my life is hanging in the balance, not because I did something wrong, but it's that brother that's down there in the bow of the ship sleep. There's something wrong about this. Come on. So Jonah confessed, it's me. And you know, I'm from the hood. I'd be like, well, let me slice and dice. Brother, you got to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is what Jonah said. This blew my mind, saints of God. Jonah, Jonah said, pick me up and throw me out to sea. He, Jonah said, you pick me up. Jonah said, you pick. See, saints, since I'm on this boat, I'm thinking, why don't you jump, Jonah? Why, I got to pick you up. You know you wrong, boy. Am I the only one that see this? I was sitting in my office and I said, what? Come on, Jonah. Write this down. Sometimes the wrong people would try to make you feel guilty for doing right. That's why he said, you throw me over the boat because he wants them to feel guilty for doing it. Instead of doing something for himself that he should have thrown himself over, he wanted somebody else to do it. And sometimes people will use you for a free ride. And as soon as you expose them, they will lay a guilt trip on you. What do I mean? You don't love me like you're supposed to love me? I thought you was a real Christian. You go to that church every Sunday, and now you're trying to kick me out of the house. You want me to go get a job. You won't give me any more money. You won't buy my clothes. All I wanted was some tennis shoes for two. $250. Now you tripping. You don't love the Lord. I know I'm preaching better than y'all letting on today. I came to tell somebody this morning, you better throw Jonah over the boat. Throw him over the side. Throw him off of that boat. If you have children, relatives, friends, who play on your conscience and your heart of giving to get you to pay their bills and to give them money, but they refuse to do the right thing. Throw Jonah off the boat. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to say be unloving. Y'all know you've been giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. Sometimes you got to pull the plug and I'm talking about some of them that might be your children. If you in a relationship and it puts you in the position of always being the giver, you need to throw, that might be your Jonah. Or you got somebody, every time you talk to him, you feel depressed, that might be your Jonah. Somebody said, throw Jonah off the boat. 
See, I'm asking God to give you discernment and wisdom so you can see who your journal is, saints of God. And let me tell you something. That doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a person that's unloving. But matter of fact, when you have to narrow your circle, sometimes you have to push family away. You have to push people that's close to you. It don't mean you don't love them. It means that, listen, right now, where I am today, I got to have the right people at the right time in my inner circle so I can continue to do the right things because if I keep hanging out with you, I'm going to do something wrong. I know I'm preaching this right now. See, I've had to do that. I'm not talking something I don't know. I've had to do that myself. I've had to push people away from me. I couldn't hang out with the same circles, the same boys. There's something about it. I had to go find me a mentor. His name was Greg Goldberg in Atlanta, Georgia. And Greg was the one that began to teach me about Hebrew. He taught me about Greek. He taught me the word of God. And he spent time with me so that he can teach me how to be a man of God. Somebody said, throw Jonah off the boat. I'm believing that God is going to show you who your Jonah is. This is something very uh, interesting here. Uh, when you throw Jonah off the boat, God already had a plan for Jonah's rescue so that Jonah could continue on his Oh, my God. See, this is this is so crazy right here, because when I begin to see this, they when when they threw Jonah off the boat is not that Jonah still didn't do what God told him to do. See, God will always have a situation to get Jonah in the right place. And you might be the main one that's hindering Jonah from getting to the right place because you keep holding on for too long. And if you had thrown him over the boat, then God would have already had his plan for his life and sometimes you gotta let people go so that God can deal with them and uh, every time you pull them back into the house every time you go rescue them God says well all right you got it I already had a situation for them I already knew what they were going to do but every time you try to fix it I gotta go and fix you so I can fix them and let me tell you something if you keep messing and dabbing in something God wants to fix he'll give you something that you better work on to get your mind off of what you're trying to fix God said, okay, because you got your hand over here, I'm going to make all of this. I'm going to damage. I'm going to tear it up so that you can focus on what you need to focus on because I got this right here. But because you won't let it go, I'm going to make you let it go. Uh, oh, boy, I might be talking to two or three people. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Here's, here's the last part. Here's the last part. Y'all ready? Here's the last part. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. I'm convinced that you can't truly worship God as you ought to when you have toxic relationships on your boat. They didn't worship like that until they threw Jonah off the boat. See, sometimes, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. He just downloaded this to me. He says, sometimes, you can't see him with clarity because you're so clogged up with Jonah on your boat. And see, because that's been your main focus, he says, you can't even focus on me because your focus is on Jonah. Now notice, God didn't throw him over. <laughs> I'll tell you something, God ain't going to take your Jonah away from you. You're going to have to throw Jonah over the boat. 
when I was a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I childish things. God is not going to take away what you should be putting away. Amen. Is this all right, saints of God? Are you sure? I just want to make sure, right? Because I've had Jonas in my life. And I've had to throw some Jonas off my boat. Amen. Now, listen, listen. Let me just clarify this, and, and I'm done. It is not easy. <laughs> I'm telling you. It is. What I'm talking about, it sounds good in Scripture. <laughs> it sounds real good and delicious in Scripture. But when it's a reality, when it's a person, there you go, Judith, when it's somebody you care for, somebody you done, you done went to bat for, Right? It's not easy. But sometimes, saints of God, you can't truly see God until you throw Jonah off your boat. I hope this was for somebody in here today. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina 28079 or on the web c3churchnc.org or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org